Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans, Podcast Paisani. We are back for week 14. I'm Chris, Marco, Tad. They're with me as well. How are you guys doing? Great, man. Epic weekend, both for holidays and for Syria. Ah, really excited to get back into the podcast. Although, like, I'm totally exhausted. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling the same way Uh, after the long weekend. You know, you just... It's this is the type of day it was for me. I got into the office and I had a cup of coffee that was like half full from from Wednesday. Oh. <laughs> and I heated it up cuz oh. I didn't have I didn't have the a time of day to just go get a new one. So oh. uh, yeah. wearing the shirt that you wore on Wednesday. It smells good. <laughs> you just ruined my Monday with that. Wednesday. Oh, that's like 6-day-old coffee. Dude, it's terrible. Oh. But but Monday at well, I mean, Marco's a nasty boy. We yeah. all know that. Um I mean, you know, Monday after a four-day weekend, which, let's be honest, like, if you go to work on Wednesday, you phone it in, or mm-hmm. you leave early, um, you know, especially holiday like Thanksgiving, where you just eat and drink, yeah. and you know, it's like, after a while, like, forget that you have a job, and you have to go back to work, <laughs> and you get there, and it's just like, everyone's like, oh my god, I, what was I even doing, do yeah. I, you know, and it's just, it's it's crazy. I went down to, I'll just do my plans first. Go for it. I, I actually had a very... uh Roman um, Thanksgiving, I went down to North Carolina and visited a guy who I used to work with in Rome as a tour guide, Chris Feltz, shout out, um, who married a girl he met on his tour. Um, so that romantics, that old chestnut, shout out, Sarah. We met up with uh, our friend, Canadian friend, Justin, or as we like to call him, Juice, um, who was a tour guide with us in Rome. And now lives in France and might be moving to England. Who knows? So, yeah, we basically sat around just talking about Roma and listening to the podcast and hugging and weeping and, and drinking. All right. That is a, uh, a very Roman Thanksgiving for no sure. No gnocchi, though. Yeah. No yeah, gnocchi for me either. No gnocchi. Uh, we were promised gnocchi at the, at the Marco household. <laughs> the thing, no, that would have, I would have severely punished me for this entire week but i'm uh i'm still here survive the weekend uh i'm ready for a, a new podcast here this is gonna be this is gonna be fun this is a crazy weekend no what? thanksgiving stories for you how was how was dinner at the marco household you know nothing crazy this time around i think uh we stay we stayed away from politics even though some people really were trying to bring it up oh yeah there's all these articles out there on social media and stuff about like what to how to face your family or how to, I, how to like, I read deflect, a couple deflect pol- political discussions and whatnot yeah I read a couple people got disinvited to their Thanksgivings over it so wow. that's just as wrong, they but, should oh, <laughs> that's rough man it's family it's family how can you vote for Mickey Mouse again he's yeah. not gonna win yeah. What about you, Chris Ross? Yeah, uh, New Jersey Thanksgiving. Uh, no Noki for us either. That, uh, Like I said on the last podcast, Christmas will be uh, uh, an Italian festival. But um, uh, yeah, just pretty traditional. Uh, we had an enormous... Uh, household like like we had we've never had like the tea for the table 
And we had that this year. I mean, just everyone and the growing number of children in the family. Was yeah. it like was it like a jester and a guy playing a fiddle? That sounds like a very like a king's hall or something <laughs> like that. Like serving wenches coming around with the, the turkey on a big silver platter and the two <laughs> bones and the, the squiggly marks of hot steam coming off it and Chris and his in his you know, what what are those those hats that they wear in the in the Renaissance look like three pointed hats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, just the feast. That was the only way it, it looked like a Renaissance fair. But. You, you, you could have lied. You know, I did eat a lot uh, this week, uh, especially on Thursday, and we had a soccer tournament on, on Friday. Usually uh-huh. I'm pretty fast, but you know, uh, one, once I ate too much, I lost some bits. <laughs> what, what idiot put a soccer tournament the day? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's Ramsey that did that. <laughs> <laughs> for a good cause. Yeah, it's for a good cause. So I retract that, but... Um, At least you felt better, right? Black I'm top st- soccer. I'm still hurting from the amount of food I ate, so it's, I got to run. It's, so, so you guys didn't catch my uh, base reference oh yeah, in there? Oh, yeah. Well, Chris missed the uh, missed the game this weekend, yeah. very, very shamingly so. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so we really got on um, the BN commentators. So we, like, we thought we had this perfect crystal clear picture, then, of course... You know, BN came down and struck us with struck the TV with the lightning. But like this, like Marco almost lost his mind. Like the second we plugged in the uh, computer, the TV just like immediately went granulated. So we had a, <laughs> you could just feel everybody in the club being like again, again. Yeah, that's one of the I, reasons I stayed away, to be honest. Yeah, it's 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 bad if you can't tell Nangolin from Rudiger from yeah, Francesco right. Totti, yeah, um, or Nikki's cousin. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. From, uh, from a Roma player, or from Daniele De Rossi. But, so we had to focus on something else, and we really got into just just laughing out loud at the accents of the BN commentators, Richard Whittle, <laughs> Dick Whittle, <laughs> Dick and Whittle. Uh, Paul Visca. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Oh, man. Those oh. two are two peas in a pot, I swear to God. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it, it, the, the people like on Reddit and stuff that talked about our accents and stuff, and how we can't pronounce you know some of the stuff and bring those things up. These guys is completely foreign, but it, Richard Whittle has this like he he hangs on these words, and one of them is pace. First of all, I don't I don't like using pace. Yeah, I think that's like an English thing. Right, right, right. And like you know, we have a word for it in the United States. It's called speed. It's like talk about fast people are. But anyways, instead of going you know pace, he's like it pace. You can pace. See, you can see him like building it up in his chest. And the other our other favorite is the danger. He's in the danger zone. <laughs> danger zone. Where is he from, anyways? Oh, he's got to be Scottish, or so I think so. Oh, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, well, the other guy, Paul Visca, is Scottish, and he sounds like, um, you know, like, like Shrek or something. Yeah, he sounds like Shrek or like he's like he's straight out of Train Spotting. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's not just us with uh, bad accents for these names. It's, so you're sitting there, yeah. It's, it's like it's like a ping pong match where they're just throwing the accent back and yeah. forth to each other, and like you can see everybody in the room kind of like like they're following a ball with their eyes, <laughs> like they're like they're you know kind of fantastically watching these guys. It did get us through those uh, those moments of blurriness, but you know, all in all, a really good a really good showing, uh, good turnout by the Roma Club, and an exciting game. And I have be damned if I if I don't call them out right now. Those wings were extra crispy. <laughs> Shout out to uh, one of the the club members who he's a pioneer. He's a <clears throat> he's a pioneer. <laughs> he uh he so you can get the double fried wings, which everybody loves to get double fried wings. Sixty cents sponsor Ireland's four courts. Five <laughs> double fried wings with the five sweet Thai chili. But now this kid comes out of nowhere, 
because it's the first time he came. He's like, can I get them double fried and sweet Thai chili on top of that? And everybody looked at him like, it's a brave are you, man. Are you kidding me right now? It's like, how did we not think of Praise that? Praise this man. It's been three years. Praise this man. As I wonder praise. What, praise them with the pace in which they brought the wings and the grace. And Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think they should, we should name that wing after him. Got yeah. wasted off they, those wings. Oh, man. Well, I'm sorry I missed that, guys. You guys had some fun. It was great. We were in the back room, though, so there's no sunlight, so you wouldn't have been able to sprawl out. I don't think yeah. you'd had an, an, as, as enjoyable of a time. Yeah. I watched the Giants beat the Browns or almost find ways to lose against the Browns. But uh, You glad. can't hate, man. They won six in a row. Yeah. Basically doing one play. Yeah. Throw it to Odell Beckham Jr. Well, if you got the three best wide receivers, that's, that should be the plan. Three best wide receivers? Cruz and Shepard, man. Oh, come on. All right, we're just going to come, come on, and do an come NFL on. podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's the other podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, back to Serie A. I, I've been saying to the guys uh, since this weekend, so we're kind of – starting to go into this playoff run here for December, like super excited for the games coming up here. Uh, but before we get to that, we're, we're just going to go through week 14 for sure. But but just you guys excited about the upcoming games? Oh, yeah. There's some huge games coming up here, especially now that Atalanta's thrown in the mix and that OTFR is playing better than expected. And Napoli's got to, you know, really fight back in Torino. Yeah. There's so many good games coming up. Yeah, again, we'll break it down at the end of the, at the, end of the podcast. But, it's going to be a... Uh, it's gonna be a uh, Beautiful de- December. I can't wait. Christmas yeah. gonna come early. Then Christmas gonna come on the day and after. Yeah, <laughs> Befana swag. Yep. Good way to end uh, the, the the first leg of uh, Serie A this season. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So guys, uh, we just want to plug our social media again. Please find us on there. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can email us again at, at Fabio at Curve America. Uh, dot com. Uh, plenty of ways to get to us. Uh, also appreciate you guys putting comments out there on SoundCloud. So please keep that up and uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. As always, Chris is Chris is hot pressing on that olive oil. Marco's hot trying to steal it from Fulvia, and uh, I'm just hot watching you both trying to do it. That's a lot right. of a lot of olive oil used uh, at the Thanksgiving dinner uh, this this year. Man down. Man Chris, down. Chris pitched in the production meeting that we give away a free Crotone jersey, but I I don't I don't think we're going to have many takers on that. I don't think it's it? worth as much as olive oil anyways. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but uh, guys, seriously, write in, you know, follow up with us on social media. Uh, we love having the back and forth and we'd like really like to bring up some of the discussions that you guys have on social media. All right. So uh, just speaking of the social media, we do especially want to thank Thomas, uh, who hit us up on Facebook, uh, saying he's grateful for the podcast. We're grateful for you, Thomas. Uh, thank, thanks for uh, continuing to uh, drop some... Uh, Around my Thanksgiving table, I said I was thank- thankful for Thomas and his following of Curve America. So all of us in the mail, buddy, it's coming with great bass. It's coming with bass. All right. Well, Good how job, about... Thomas. Uh, you won the race. <laughs> So we had uh, champions and Europa results, too, uh, midweek. Um, let's go over those real quick before we start with week 14. Marco, what do you got? Yeah, it was a crazy week in Europe, uh, and a uh, couple really disappointing results, honestly, uh, on top of some good ones. Well, let, let's start with the good ones. Sevilla versus Juventus at Sevilla. Juve comes out 3-1 and clinches their group. Uh, it was a 10-man Sevilla uh, really good result for Juve. Finally move on and don't have to worry about uh, the group stages anymore. Yes. Maybe that's a bad thing for us. Yeah, and Sevilla went up 1-0 in this game. And I think all Serie A lovers 
you know, it, one thing that sucks if you're a Roma fan, you got to cheer for Juventus in the uh, in the Champions League. But the fear is that Juventus is you know going to disappoint in the Champions League. It was really good to see them come from come from behind and really put it to Sevilla. And maybe they can rest uh, some players in that final game because they have so many injuries. Uh, Napoli Dinamo Kiev, man. Napoli misses a golden opportunity to, you know, go on through. They get a 0-0 tie at home. And now Napoli and Benfica are both at eight points with Besiktas at seven. And Napoli and Benfica play at Benfica in the last game. So that's a really tough one. Um, Roma versus Victoria Plezen. It was just the Jekyll show. He's 4-1. Jekyll got that hat trick. Really good to see Jekyll scoring mad goals, and he's a, he's at the top of the the league right now scoring goals. Uh, he's doing really well in Europe as well. Perotti on this game though too had an amazing goal, which we might or might not bring up for our, our goal of the week, but definitely incredible. It's up on our uh, Facebook page if you want to check it out. I, I think our hands are tied with that one. We're gonna have to uh, at least talk about that. Uh, Atletic Bilbao versus Sassuolo. Oh man, Sassuolo just heartbreakers left and right this season but losing 3-2 to Atletico Bilbao Atletico Bilbao a very good team and uh you know they just they just lose and now they're completely out of uh Europa uh Fiorentina versus P-E-P-A-O-K well it turns out that P-A-O-K came out just a little bit better than OK oh nailed it (laughs) that was terrible (laughs) uh but now Fiorentina you know they have advancement on the line they're playing Corbag uh, FK uh, at the Hogwarts Cup uh, annual cup. Yeah, the the, the, the uh, Azerbaijan School of Wizards. Yeah, and uh, actually they put themselves in this position by you know conceding a goal in stoppage time, um, and they lost three two. Man, if Fiorentina doesn't go through in their group stage, that would be a real shame. Uh, and then Inter, speaking of shames, they went up two nothing against Beersheba at Beersheba. And they spoil it. They get a red card. They're up two goals, and then they just lose three to two. Man, that is one way to uh, put a bow on on a pathetic month. Yeah, they should have had to take the bus home in their sweaty uniforms. That's just is absolute trash. Yeah. So yeah, not a great uh, Europa run for for the Italian teams uh, this go round. Uh, I think the only positive was honestly Roma. Do you guys kind of agree with that? Yeah. Uh, so, Winning convincingly. And actually, yeah. Inter has had a few results, but let's just say so far it just hasn't been good enough. Yeah. So uh, hopefully bigger things for, for Italy going forward for the teams that remain, but there's your, your roundup for, for champions in Europa. Roman Europa League title. <coughs> yeah, hopefully so. So how about uh, week 14? We got the rundown here. Let's, let's jump right into a pretty exciting week uh, because of the results. And, and like we started saying at the beginning... It's kind of like the playoffs. We're about to start for the last month before the uh, winter break. So the race for Serie A Scudetto is definitely on. We got five teams. Race. <laughs> we have five teams at the top within five points of one another. You got Juventus dropping three points this week, and Roma, Milan, OTFR, and Atalanta all taking three points. Checo, Icardi, Lapadula. Falke and Simeone all net braces and lead a goal storm of 33 goals and only two draws for the league. Serie A is definitely cranking it up, heading into the last four games before the midseason break. And big and very loud crowds for curvas all across Italy. Definitely yeah. agree with that. It was, hats off. Hats yeah. off to the curvas this, this weekend. Well done, curvas. And our friend uh, Nick Sementelli was the Alfiero um, at the, uh, the Europa League game. So shout out to him. 
Um, I know that the ultras are boycotting the curvas in the in the Stadio Olimpico, but he said that the Distinti and the uh, uh, Monte Mario and and uh, Lungo Tevere were all are, were all you know hopping. So that's cool. Yeah. Wherever that fits in. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So so uh, top five teams. We got to start Juve. Even though they lost this week, we're gonna start with them. So Juve and, and uh, Genoa, we got 3-1. Genoa shocks the world here with the 3-1 results. We started uh, with Simeone here, right? Uh, have you guys seen this first goal? I want to break, start with kind of the buildup of this, of this goal because it was honestly, it was in the first three minutes uh, and just Genoa cracking here. You start with uh, the Griffins racing up, and, and uh, Rigoni gets a shot, shot off. Then you got Ocampos on the rebound with maybe a handball. I don't know if you guys saw that with Kadir. I think it was Kadir in the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, or was it Bonucci? So, somebody on the back line stuck their, stuck their hand out. This all happened within like six or seven seconds. But then the man of the match, Simeone, gets one shot off. Buffon stops that, and then he finally nets it for the first one. And Jenna was off to the races, one nothing. Um, Papa Diego happy about that before the game. He apparently doesn't talk to Giovanni about soccer very much, but he told him before the game, it is in our blood, uh, sangue, to score against Juve. So he's Argentinian. I don't know if he speaks like that. Pretty close. I'm sure that's the <laughs> accent. But yeah, I, I read the stat here. Pretty interesting. Uh, that's Simeone's first set of goals for the last six games. So what? maybe you should talk to his dad a little bit more because mm-hmm. uh, um, he scored. And um, What did he score? A breeze. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I mean, I get, apparently Diego Simeone is such a <laughs> such a good coach that he can fire up players in different leagues to score yeah, a right. brace. Yeah, um, yeah. The brace comes just ten minutes later. Uh, there's a cross comes in the box, and and uh, Simeone gets a kind of a diving header, uh, netting at home uh, on the six yard line. So again, man of the match for me, uh, Simeone really killed it this game. Yeah, one of the top players in the league this week. And then Genoa finishes uh, finishes off uh, the, their goal scoring in the 29th minute, and that was it. Uh, really, Juve comes back with um, uh, Pjanic, of course, Pjanic scoring how he always scores, a set piece, perfect ball, looks exactly like uh, last year, but that's why that's why you try and get Pjanic on your team. I you mean, know, it's in impressive. fantasy. Yeah. You know what's funny about this game is that, uh, you know, we've been talking about how players like you know, Pjanic need to to show up for them to do well in Champions. Yeah, they they did well in Champions this week, but then he scores. You know, like the free kick. This is what they got him for to score these goals, and then they end up losing against Genoa. I mean, I, I think that we the ongoing theme of Curva America is Curva America is that we have the commentators curse on lock. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I think you know because Juventus got a big result in the the 3-1 win over Sevilla. And we've been talking about kind of like this mix match, uh, you know, starting lineups they throw out. You know, last week we were kind of even rhetorically asking who was even their starting 11. And this one, you know, they came out and looked terribly, looked terrible defensively. Um, You know, and Genoa just decided to use a tactic to just pounce all over them, which is not really a Genoa thing. They're a defensive team that counters. Um, And, you know, know, we've probably been happy with a 0-0 or 1-1 draw in this game. But, you know, you look at this makeshift back line, you have Alves at right back, you have Bonucci at center back and Benazzi at left back, you know, is 
At this point, with all these different lines we've seen, do you think that Allegri is overthinking his lineups, or do you think he's just underestimating the Italian competition? No, I, I think this game, uh, I, I had some quotes from him afterwards. Uh, he noted the fact that Juve hasn't scored in the first 45 minutes. Uh, that seems to be a trend that even Juventus is acknowledging for this season. Um, and uh, he mentioned the the fact that they had the champions result and it might have been a factor that they kind of overlooked Genoa after advancing through champions. I mean, I don't know about the whole makeshift group. I mean, what I saw this weekend was a group of players that looked a little bit discombobulated. Maybe it's because they're tiring a little bit. And now they just have a bunch of injuries. I mean, they're back line. Um, there was a point where Licksteiner was injured. I know he was playing this game. Now they have Alves injured, Bonucci injured. So they're actually dealing with a lot of injury issues. Barzagli. I mean... Chiellini. Alves. Yeah, Chiellini. Danny Alves you has know, a broken he, leg. Yeah, he just broke his leg this game. So, you know, you're kind of starting to wonder if um, Allegri's making, you know, he's he's making all these shifts, you know, overthinking stuff, or if it's really just out of need. I mean, he's really... A lot of players are going down for you. You're wondering what's going on over there. Well, Maybe some of the training staff. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the remaining four matches they have are tough. And, you know, if they have to play, because the communication on the back line to start this game was awful. You have to admit that because Genoa hangs three on him right away. Yep. And, um, you know, with all these injuries in, in the defense and is Dybala going to be back and, and all this, all, all these kinds of things like is, is Juve now going in the last four games in injury crisis? Or they just have enough talent they can maybe be, ride it out. No, nah, they're in injury crisis for now. They've got a couple big games coming up and, uh. You know, you need your you need some depth. Like I said, I think it's a good thing that they secured that that place in the in the Champions League moving forward. Because I mean, what they got Atalanta, Torino, Roma. I mean, these are big games. And then mighty Crotona. <laughs> if Juventus doesn't have depth, the rest of the league should just stop right now. <laughs> they, they're so deep. I mean, what I mentioned on the last podcast, I had forgotten Medi Benatia. Mm-hmm. He's he's just kind of I mean and he's I, playing left back in this game. When's he ever played left back? Right. Oh. I like I said, if, if Juve isn't deep, God help us. Uh, I I think they'll be fine uh, going forward. I wanted to ask you guys though, uh, because we've talked about this in previous podcasts. I I wasn't able to watch this game uh, live, but I did see on my phone three nothing at halftime, and immediately I my first reaction was what is typical, right? Like all right. Uh, maybe this is going to be something for for uh, Juventus to lose. What were your reactions at halftime after seeing that score? Oh, I thought I thought Jenna was going to blow it. I thought for sure they're going to come back at like three That's, three. Maybe. I thought four three. I was still holding my breath. Yeah, I thought that there was honestly. I thought it was going to be Genoa's day, and I know it's easy to say now in hindsight, but you know, just Juve just looked discombobulated. They looked all over the place, uh, and yes, you know. They could get it back, but you know when when you put some uh, excitement in the veins of of one of these smaller teams, it's really hard to break them down. Yeah, well, well credit to them. Uh, Genoa sitting in tenth right now on the table, and uh, Juve, admittedly, ever, the, the league gained on them, but they're still in first place. Let's jump over to uh, to Roma now in second place. Uh, you guys watch this game live. Why don't you start off start us off in this game? Man, it's the Jekyll show again, and. Uh, it's the Jekyll show, but it's also a classic Roma, you know, <laughs> Nail you know tear, your, tear your eyes out and, you know, like throw them, throw them away so you don't have to suffer. Um, yeah, you can't, like when the game's over, you're breathing a sigh of relief, not like, yes, we won. It's like, 
Oh, thank God we won. It's unbelievable. Yeah. You go up 2 nothing, and, uh, you know, I, I've learned over the years that if you're too optimistic, then you'll just be sad. And if, uh, if you're a little pessimistic, you'll at least feel like you were right. Yeah. And so I was just like, hey. <laughs> Such um, a Roma fan thing to like, say. Hey, guys, you know, I just have a feeling that we're not going to get this shutout 2-1. It's like, oh, God, you know. But then we're able to pull it back, and the game ends 3-2. It's a little little shaky. At least we got to see Totti come on. And, man, it's been a, it seems like it's been a while because oh, the yeah. crowd and, uh, and all of us, we were just – we were so – Hyped every time he yeah, took a touch. Yeah, I think he was touch. 39 when he last I mean, was uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God, that guy yeah. is incredible. No, I mean, when, when you heard the whole stadium singing Che Solo Capitano, that you can hear it, um, you know, watching the game through a granulated screen and hearing uh, uh, Richard Whittle and um, my, my, my man Shrek. Uh, over them, them screaming it out. No, it was it was it was awesome, and he was great this game. Yeah. Just his first touch, uh, you know, drops a dime right on Perotti's head. I mean, he he was just just on another level again. I mean, he doesn't have to do much running, but his passing and vision is so amazing. And speaking of Perotti, uh, he also nets a, a goal here on on the uh, penalty kick. Uh, any thoughts on that goal? Uh, one was he taken down? Was it a foul for you guys? I mean, it was a foul, but let's not. We, can we? Can we talk about Perotti for two seconds without thinking about his his tattoo? <laughs> I can't. I can't. Man. It gets worse every week. Is it he growing? It's like a. It's yeah. like a. It's like a mole. Yeah. Like it gets bigger every time you see I wanna, it. I want to like poke it with a stick. Yeah. Like is is that real? Whatever. Yeah. It's, it's like Alien for me. Like the movie from I don't know when, but it's just like it's like coming out at you. Oh, and the only person that's more bothered about it than us is him. Yeah. I mean, you just see it on his face. It's like, oh god, the camera's probably on me right now. Just, yeah. It's bloody because he just <laughs> scratches at it when he gets anxious. Yeah. So it's, should he get? Laser removal, yeah. I or say, should he expand? Should he go? Should he go full Nangolon? I don't see that. That's the comparison, right? Nangolon's yeah. is nice though. Like if you're gonna get a neck tattoo, as much as a neck that looks like a stripper's back. But like <laughs> I look at Nangolon and be like, well, that's what you would expect. But at least there's some like artistic element to it, right? There's a big mm-hmm. rose on his. No, throat. you know, we just you know he's gonna get some socks now. <laughs> yeah, maybe some. Uh, He's probably going to get some tidy whities on the left side. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's getting the whole outfit across. You know, This is Perotti you're talking about. Yeah. 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 And he even has a number 10 on his thing. And my girlfriend was like, why isn't that better? It's yeah. like, because it's, it's Perotti. Like, Maybe he can just like morph it somehow into Toti's face. Yeah, redeem himself. Yeah. So this is the challenge, I'd say, for, for social media followers out there. Would you guys get on board? Or with, Thomas. Or Thomas, yeah. <laughs> The social media uh, effort uh, to start with like a GoFundMe page or something that we get a tattoo laser removal for Perotti. Maybe he plays better with it. Um, just a question out there if you guys are on board with that. We'll, like, put, we'll, put, we'll put it up on the poll on, on Twitter. I like so Tad you, taking notes during the during our, our podcast today. He, well, it seems like a presidential debate. It's, it's not just me now. I'm yeah, not no, the only I was, one. I was, I was totally uh, turned around by the last time we are on here. That Chris's call that we should take the podcast more seriously, like him. And my mom's calling me, being like, "Hey, man, you got you got to bring that. You got to bring there that Chris go. Ross game. All That's right. why you got a haircut before the <laughs> podcast today." Yeah, but I mean, like, I can just see Chris's apartment. He's got it all like he's like an insane man. All these notes on the wall, <laughs> it's a like spreadsheet. Trying, yeah, just, just trying it all these connections. <laughs> like right. it looks like it looks like the end of like season one of The Wire <laughs> exactly. on his wall. Like at the end yeah. of it, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna it's get like we're gonna convict gangster. Avon Barksdale of, <laughs> yeah. of conspiracy. Yeah. Some okay, uh, riff raff. <laughs> 
Some other highlights with the Roma game. Uh, you do definitely have to mention uh, Daniele De Rose got 400 Serie A games. We mentioned uh, Buffon has 600 a few podcasts ago. So I saw a quote to, uh, from Daniele De Rossi said that my only regret is not having another career to give to Roma. It's cool like, quote. Ah. And you know, like the stoic way he talks too. Like you could just see like the yeah. fire in his eyes. Anytime they show up, like a picture of him on social media. It's the, this is Sparta De Rossi. Just and you can li- just see all the games he has. It's just in his, in his eyes. He just has this, this like, I don't yeah, know. He's, he's bags. He's like he's bags in his eyes. He's got 200 games in each eye. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the thing too is like his contracts talks have, have stalled and, you know, he's downplaying it. Uh, Bal- Baldissoni is saying that, you know, he's got a, Daniele, much like Francesco Totti, is a special player who has his home here and a rapport that goes beyond the dynamics of normal contracts. But, I mean, all those times that De Rossi might have gone to Chelsea or Real Madrid or, you know, Manchester United throughout the years, you're really holding your breath that let's get this done. Let's get De Rossi back on the team. If he doesn't get one full season as the clear-cut captain, that to me would be like one of the biggest tragedies. I mean, he's been the future captain since like 1981. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see with uh, with him uh, with the contracts. But I always I, I just love him out there. He's like Nangolan. He's controlling the midfield. That's what you like to see. Um, Anything on Piscata, guys? <laughs> yeah, Who? yeah. They're they're still uh, down in the basement. Uh, so we'll just mention them here briefly. Memushaj, uh, good goal. That's some highlights, I guess. But but then Caprari. Bad defense on Roma for that, but uh, but a pretty good, uh, just a gift given. But but he finished it nicely. I'll tell you, man. All these don't sleep on these little Serie A teams, no matter how many points they have. And and it's the same thing with Roma. Like you just can't. You're at home. You get that clean sheet, and you get out of there because as soon as you turn your head, you got Ray 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 going captain insano. You know, playing super well. I know he got subbed out, and then they started a couple goals, but. It's uh, it's the same story with these little teams. Uh, at the end of the at the end of the year, I hope Piscata is alive because um, you know, who, you picked him. Because yeah, because I picked him, and then it's like the whole dolphin thing that we yeah. had to throw that out and, and start from zero. They got nice jerseys too. This these are the ones I've told you guys about. You like them? They're kind of like an Argentina type thing. Yeah, with I, the blue I, stripes. I, I couldn't tell with the granulated <laughs> screen. <laughs> yeah, they're cool. It was, it was like it was like a it was like an Atari game that was on. The- yeah. Well, we'll finish off the Roma game, I guess, with just the quote from Sheko, right? Uh, like we said, he's got some big games coming up, the derbies this this weekend, and he basically said, if we play like this, like we did against Pescara, we're going to lose the derby. And I think De Rossi also kind of alluded to that, too. Yeah, I think they're going to come in, fire it up, look out OTFR, Team Voldemort, Harry Potter's coming with a magic wand. Got to yeah. play with more grace. Yep, <laughs> but excited, it's derby week, so uh, looking forward to that game. Let's move on. Uh, we got Milan, which is tied for second, but uh, on goal differential, they're in the third spot. They played Empoli and took care of business 4-1. Yeah, Milan are up for four goals and beat an Empoli team that basically just left the game at half. Empoli actually played pretty hard the first half of the game. Big Mac had three chances in this game um, that he should have converted. Um, if not, you know, just, just for a little bit of unluck, hits the hardware, um, Romagnoli gets a last-second deflection against him. Um, but Lapadula and Suso were the story of this game. Lapadula nets a brace. You guys see his uh, his goal celebration? 
Is it like 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 Hulk Hogan with the hands to the ears? Ooh, I like that. He wants everybody to hey, well, let me hear it. Yeah, let me hear how sweet I am. Remember that Hulk Hogan used to throw the yeah throw the, the ear listen thing. Yeah, um, which obviously you can't see in the podcast. So um, I will put up a video on social media of me doing it. <laughs> yeah. La Pedula looked very very dangerous, and you know he just what he does well is he spreads the field for Milan. Um, they have a couple players that have a lot of they have a lot of pace. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know now that they have Suso firing on all cylinders, and more, you know who else really stood out was Bonaventura. He had the one play; it was the own goal, but he took it down the line. I mean, he's got some pace too, and uh, they just have a lot of weapons right now. And then they got Locatelli holding it down back there. I can't believe he's 19 years old. Yeah, he's, man, and he's he looks plays like, he, unbelievably. He looks, he looks to be a regular on the on the starting lineup now. And um, Suso in this game had a goal. Um, he has four goals and three assists in his last three games. This man is absolutely on fire considering, I mean, he's got to be the best investment in the Serie A right now. Absolutely. They bought him from Liverpool for 1.3 million euro. Abate had an excellent game in the back. Oh, I can't do this anymore. Abate is another one of those players. He's got peace. You guys <laughs> <laughs> love that joke. <laughs> oh, it, 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 it's all you hear when you're watching the game. Um, we need to get him on here just 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 to stand in the corner and and just every time we're gonna say it, he just fires Hit in the pace button. See him, see him conjuring it up like a spell. Um, yeah, but he is statistically, according to who scored, had the best right back. Um, he's the best right back in Europe this week. Um, but the appearance of Berlusconi again. He said he sold the team. It's all done except for some bureaucratic stuff. But you know, he comes out and he's arguing with Montella over Suso, um, saying that Montella needs to play him as a second striker in a you know a four three one two instead of what Montella's been having excellent success at the past few weeks with a four three three. Just the guy is is so enigmatic and yeah. such a well, hot it's, a, it's just like his political career like he just like never like it's you swear it's he's, he's like in jail and then he's prime minister <laughs> right then he gets like caught like with like underage girls and yeah. then he's prime minister right he has bunga bunga parties then he's prime minister embezzles 25 million and buys a yacht with it then he's prime I minister i swear man it's like this guy is is always there yeah uh so, yeah, it looks like that's going to go through anyway. Um, I also did see this. Uh, we put in the notes, uh, Baca, maybe making some noise with Spain here. Uh, yeah, a- he was he was training actually this morning, um, the 28th, when we record the podcast, was training with Sevilla. And a lot of noise is being made. Part of the thing that's holding up the um, the transfer of the Chinese is that they need to re- maybe raise some more funds and reinvest. And they're looking to sell Baca to raise this money. And Baca's going to have a lot of takers, so there's going to be a lot of people wanting to spend money on him in the midway point of the season. Well, he was at Sevilla before mm-hmm. and uh, really became a big-named striker when he was at Sevilla from the uh, Europa League. So, I mean, him training with Sevilla, is that just like he's just in town hanging with his old old buddies? Or is that some sort of inclination that he might be leaving Milan, and if he leaves Milan, he might be going to Sevilla? I I'm I didn't see that photo. I saw a photo of him apparently like in the crowd, like just kind of watching a game. But has where does that happen? When do you actually play with another team while you're like? Did Milan not have practice today? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Transfer transfer window. Yeah, yeah was, uh, exactly. Here we who go. Knows what's of course, going that could have been a was total that even lot. Baca? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It was at Luis Maria. Was that Muriel? <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll we'll uh, leave it there with Milan. They're they're sitting pretty in uh, uh, second or third place, depending on how you look at it. 
Then we go to OTFR, and they, just as a simple game, uh, took care of business against lowly Palermo. They won one nothing. Guys, who had this game? Palermo breaking records, guys. Did you know? Did not. Probably is not a good record. Seven straight losses for the first time in their history. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Man. Uh, another player on the... Foghorn. On- fart noise. Peace. Another player on the OTFR score sheet, uh, goal from Savage. And guys, you know, it's that Curva Medica commentator curse. And we like talked about it a couple weeks ago that where are they going to get the goals from, you know, if Immobile doesn't score? Well, he hasn't scored the past couple weeks and here they are still uh, still uh, chomping at the bit. Third place, 28 points. Uh, and they still look really good. I'm, I'm honestly a little bit scared right now for this dead be, uh, except for the fact that I know that Totti is probably going to score. Yeah. Speaking of which, the the Derby Day kits for Roma, put them up on social media. How fresh are those? Yeah, yeah. we got a... Yeah. 120 euro though, man. 120 euro. Worth every penny. Yeah. Do I get Totti or De Rossi? I don't know. We'll yeah. say Christmas is coming. No, yeah. yeah. So, honestly, OTFR needs this win. Uh, it's against a, a bad team, and uh, anything but a win in this situation puts them in a kind of a you know shaky position going into the derby because it's the derby's been Roma's uh it was for last season Totti selfie Totti selfie everybody knows that you know the selfie that won around the world um and so they needed this win and it, it, it here's a team in Palermo and quite frankly Roma had a similar situation with Pescara they're both playing two bad teams and they need the momentum into this next game especially when um Juventus loses early in that game both of them have to take three yeah. points uh, and I guess I, the question in the group is, does, has OTFR done enough to validate their place in the table thus far to earn the, you know, my, my, my fear in, in uh, you know, this upcoming derby match or may, more my anxiety? Well, absolutely. I mean, Felipe Anderson is one of the best players in the Serie A this year, and his name is not even Chiro Immobile. Hot take. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I stated an amazing fact right there. Those two are actually not the same person. No, but what I think with OTFR, what we've seen over the past six weeks is them consistently get better and better at week to week. And their defense is strengthened. Their midfield is strengthened. And like Marco said, us you know, being the uh, prognosticators that we are, um, they are finding goals in places that um, – that they uh, uh, weren't finding before. And if they're able to take this season and go into the transfer market looking to be buyers instead of sellers, or maybe sell to buy to improve, if they don't, if the squad stays the same or they can improve, I think that they have a real shot to consistently say they're, they're, they're a dangerous lethal team. Yeah, I think they've done it quietly too. They've always, every week in and out, uh, they've really just kind of gotten results and they're not really talked about. Uh, and that's that's uh, how I feel about OTFR. Actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go on the other side of this debate. They're gonna crash and burn. There you we'll go. See. Okay, so uh, yeah, OTFR in fourth place. Uh, we have another team that's right behind them with At- Atalanta, who is just taken over for Sassuolo, the darlings of Syria. And uh, I put up on social media a few times. I don't know if you guys saw. They returned home after this uh, result against Bologna here. It's like they won the Champions League. Flares going off with the bus. Fans in front of the team. Uh, they Tank, went... Tanks driving over cars. <laughs> yeah. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Murray. Uh, yeah, really not much to say about uh, uh, Bologna in this game. Uh, Atalanta's got really two good goals. Masiello's got... Um, 
uh, one, just a side volley, really worth checking out on YouTube, really good goal at a tough angle. That's your first goal. And then Kurtich uh, gets a strong header, and that was the game. Um, I think really we want to focus our attention on the coach here with Gasparini. Um, nice and easy, Gasparini. Nice and easy, Gian Piero Gasparini. A former Inter coach who got canned there, uh, we, we were kind of kicking around the idea, like, what's his plan here, if he has one? Uh, there have been some quotes, whether he's the, he sees Atalanta as the Leicester City of, of Syria. Uh, Marco's brought that up in the past. He was asked that question again yesterday, and, and he said, no, nah, I, I really don't think we can do that. It, it, Syria is just too difficult, which I, I don't know if <laughs> Syria is. That's is, Sandbag and Gasparini. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lola and Juventus to sleep before this uh, upcoming match. Yeah, yeah they, that's the point he made. Uh, we see Juve, they got them uh, coming up this week, and he really feels like they're going to be angry after their result against uh, Genoa. So we'll see. Uh, uh, any thoughts for, for Gasparini here? Hey, I just, uh, I don't know what Gasparini's thinking, but, you know, what, what I think, when I think Atalanta these days, I'm just thinking in my head, you know, what's their management? saying to Gasperini you know like what's the plan of the overall club um because this this is particularly this season this is a team right now that has two options let's go for it let's get in second third place they're not going to win it or let's capitalize on some of these players that we have uh either in January hopefully at the end of the season because I I I'm really loving this Atalanta story that the interesting, uh, th- this article I found, uh, their president, Perkazi, uh, it's a few weeks old, but but really interesting on, on uh, uh, where Atalanta could be going. So after they have a terrible loss, they lost to Palermo one nothing in the beginning of the season and actually started the season off 1-4. Uh, but but Perkazi personally got the team together, the first team, and said, listen up, guys, Gasparini is here to stay. It's on you, depending on where we go. We are not firing this coach, which honestly, at one and four, kind of a pretty impressive move, right, for the president to do that. Um, and I think that they're going to stick with this team and really make a run at it. Gasparini has been on uh, record in the article saying that he wants to kind of build an athletic Bilbao type of team. Uh, he's got youth. He's got Frank Kessie. He's got Gagliardini. Um I think they're really going to make a go at it, even if they don't feel like they're going to uh, be the Leicester City this year. Well, historically, Atalanta is the team, the Serie A, that develops youth and sells it. That's that is you know their mo. That's what they've done. So it's really going to them be, and Udinese. Yeah, them and Udinese. Um, it's really going to be telling whether they sell in January. I mean, like Marco said, more likely some of their bigger players they're going they would sell off at the end of the year, but if they make an extra step you know, to maybe add a piece that they need or if they don't lose anything that they have. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about Frank Kessie. Manchester City is going to be going hard after him in January. That will really be telling. And if they don't, for me, if they don't go for it, the run that they've had, I mean, the last nine games have been a totally magical for them. It will be the biggest disappointment in Serie A for me so far. Yeah. Caldara, I, I could see being a player that leaves in January. I think actually Frank Kessie would be one to hold to the end of the season. And he could be a big money signing. Yeah, Caldara though would be super, super depressing if he left. He's he's an excellent young Italian player, and if he goes to like Juventus because they they need it, I'm just I'm just gonna pull my hair out. Oh, yeah. 
Any thoughts on Gasparini? He just, he just, he just like looks like an interesting character. Any the, the guy who came to mind for me when I, I see him is a, like a white-haired uh, Lieutenant Columbo. I can just see him like standing there like in the crowd of just like, I'm sorry, guys, just just one more thing. I, I don't understand our tactics here. He looks like Elmer Fudd with a wig. <laughs> okay, yeah, so like, like shocking white hair. Uh, just an interesting guy to, to, to look at. So big things for Atalanta. Good for them. Uh, He's hunting Juventus wabbits. Yeah, yeah good luck. Uh, another big game uh, starting, starting their playoff run here against uh, Juventus. We'll see what they do. Um, okay, so and and how about guys? Uh, anything for Bologna? You know, just at this point, what you, all you can say about Bologna is they're hoping for that middle of the table performance, and uh, you know, just riding out the rest of this year. Hopefully, they have so they all have nice uh, New Year's resolutions, and uh, you know, Destel, you know, becomes a man. All right. So we're going to take a break right there, uh, and then we're going to start with the middle of the pack. But that was your top five teams. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. So starting off the middle of the pack, we're going to start with Napoli versus Sassuolo. This game was today, ended with a 1-1 draw. Both teams needed a better result than that. Guys, what'd you think? It's a 1-1 Napoli uh, draw, which is an unfortunate result for them, considering that uh, Sassuolo is flailing. They go down eight points from the top, and to me are in a stunning seventh place. Um, the two goals in this game were amazing, both definitely worth watching. Uh, Insigne scores his third goal in two games to have three on the season. A beautiful strike from downtown. Um, and DeFrell just has a wonder volley. Has ball dropped over the top of him, uh, catches it out of his air, out of the air, puts it past uh, uh, Pepe Reina, 1-1 draw um, in the 85th minute. You got the Sassuolo sporting director saying that DeFrell is ready for a big club uh, and that Napoli hasn't approached them, but that the rumors are that Napoli is actually going in for him. So maybe that goal uh, upped his price a little bit. Yeah, both Napoli and Roma have been, have been tied to him. I think that Sassuolo at this point being in 16th place, um, you know, why not? It seems like they're, they're season, they're not going to be able to salvage. Um, they should try and maybe get some money and maybe, maybe reinvest it um, in the summer window and, and just look to stay in Serie A. I mean, they have been decimated by injuries. Politano goes down in this game. Um, well, I would, I would argue that they need to make some very smart transfers using some of that money uh, to reinforce like, like this winter? Right? so they, they can save themselves. That's what I'm thinking. Like, they're not too comfortable above the relegation zone that Serie A could be in jeopardy for them. No, I'm right, and you guys are wrong. No, totally agree. <laughs> um, you know, a couple of, of interesting things from the coaches on this one. Di Francesco... Um, says they actually admitted that Sassuolo got lucky they didn't lose this game because Callie Hone knocked one off the woodwork right at the end and he's sold on Napoli. 
And, you know, maybe some of this going back and forth with them trying to, you know, compliment them to up tape, you know, up DeFrell's price tag. He says Napoli continue to play the best football in Italy. Tough to say after f- being in seventh right now, but they're just not finishing their chances. Um, and sorry uh, for Napoli came out and he just said they absolutely dominated Sassuolo and starts to knock his team. Um, they says they appear to be immature and still have an adolescent mentality. This game was completely in our a- hands and we couldn't finish it. Um, so with these two various viewpoints from both the coaches and kind of what we've seen with the shocking that Napoli is in seventh at this point, Napoli tie a 16th place Sassuolo team at home after Juve drop points and, uh, it, and all their the peers in their table take points. Is this the beginning of the end for Napoli's title hopes? They're the only team uh, in the top of the table that seem to have not uh, gotten a positive result this week. And, uh, you know, when you got teams uh, from Roma down to fifth or sixth place that are all within two points of each other, I mean, a, lo- a tie against Sassuolo, I mean, is just a terrible result. And it comes after that tie against Dinamo Kiev. So, actually, Napoli's in a little bit more of a crisis mode than we're playing it out to be. Yeah, I find it interesting for Napoli that, like, I think this is why just soccer and, and playing it in a table type of environment is interesting because a few different results, like, I guess my point is they don't, this, I didn't see this coming, right? Like in the beginning of the, the season, they were pretty good and we're like, well, they don't need Higuain. He, they're, they're pretty much hanging on their own. Then Millet got injured. Yeah, and slowly but surely they start dropping down at the table and you have a couple surprise teams going ahead of them. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're fighting for a, a title at this point. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you look at their squad, and they have a squad that can compete for the title. I mean, forget Iguain; their team is good enough. They're just they're just playing bunk right now. And Mertens gets a stupid yellow card in this game, and now he's going to be out against Inter. Um, they haven't, outside of Milik, really been hit with the the uh, the injury bug that much. Um, I think they really have to take a hard look in the mirror if they want to try and get in the Champions League. It's going to take digging deep down. You know, Sari has his work cut out of him. Otherwise, he might be out at the end of the year. Maybe it's a clever move in the transfer window as well. All right. Yeah. So moving on, that's, that's our first game in the middle of the table. Let's move on to another one, Torino and Chievo. Torino took this one 2-1 and uh, still getting results. What did you guys think of this game? All I have to say about this game is Iago Falke, next stop, Real Madrid. <laughs> I mean, can you believe this guy? Rumors. Can you believe the face <laughs> on this guy? I mean, here's a guy who, like, just really at Roma was just completely average. And I know he didn't get that many great chances. Um, but then he goes to Torino, and here he is, seventh goal. His second goal was a goal of the week contender for sure. Uh, and he does it in front of an electric crowd uh, against a team in Chievo that, yeah, you know, mid-table, middle of the pack. Uh, but dangerous. But dangerous. And Lucas Castro played well again this game. And, uh, you know, Kievo's Bobby English pulls one back late. Ricardo Inglese. we got to give him the real name, too. Right. But, you know, it just wasn't enough. Uh, Rola- hey, be, stop pouring in muscles, Marinero. <laughs> exactly. Rolando Maran, the, the Kievo coach, blames the ref. Uh, Cacciatore was sent off for dissent, which you very rarely see. And uh, there was a Leandro Castan offsides claim. But really, can you come up with these excuses when you have a Torino team that is, you know, stampeding through the streets of, of uh, Serie A here. I mean, they're just so dangerous. And, uh, you know, they're the 
bulls that are led by the freaking rooster and the falcon. That was my favorite part of this game with the highlights. Someone dressed up as a rooster here. Uh, but he looked like a chicken. Yeah, it had to no. be a big chicken costume. Yeah. Like he looked like he should be like you know promoting the, an opening of a new Chick Fil A or Popeyes or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Like it was awful. And people like taking selfies with him. It's like the it's like the Nats presidents around here. People go crazy for this mascot. And this guy's unofficial. Just like yeah, I'm gonna turn up in a chicken costume. Yeah. You'll get it. It's a rooster. Right. Yeah. So word of the day, Il Gallo. We got our chicken slash rooster out in the crowd to support him. Actually, the announcer, when I was watching this game, dropped a couple of awesome Italian words that, that just need to be pointed out. Forbicata, which, uh, which is a scissors kick, but scissors a bicycle kick. kick. I like it. Yeah, and then uh, they called Iago Falque the pericolissimo toro, the extremely dangerous bull. <laughs> like, that, they're, they're Dick Whittle, take some notes, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit quiet for Belotti here. Uh, didn't get any uh, goals for Il Gallo. He but. still played a good game. I mean, almost everybody. I mean, Castan probably had the worst game out of anybody there. You know, maybe next to Joe Hart, he picks up a yellow. But the entire Torino team looked fresh. They looked strong. Um, they took it to Chievo. Yeah, uh, Bobby English brought one back in the 85th minute, but they're in full control of this game, and they look like a team that's gunning for Champions League. Yeah. Bold. Sorry bold. for Rio Pro. Bold prediction, Baselli gets bought by Inter uh, at the end of the season. All right. Well, you somebody's going to try and buy uh, Belotti, um, or maybe not. Cairo came out this week, and he's hawk. I mean, he seems like he's already shopping him. He says that he's worth Iguain money, $94 million. Yeah. And his, I mean, Iguain right now, is he worth $94 million? Yeah, right. I mean, he hasn't scored. He didn't score in Syria uh, in the month of October. Right. And he's a super sub. Sorry, in the sub. month of November, yeah. And a super sub, right. So what do you guys think? Ninety-four million for Belotti? He's on, young. Man. He's big. He's fast. Or you take the Verratti approach, and no one is worth around a hundred million dollars for playing soccer. I mean, right now they're just dealing with funny money. But I mean, that, that that's just a huge price tag. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone worth that much for uh, half half of a season's worth. If Belotti is worth ninety-four, then Falke is worth seventy right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's a good analogy, right? Yeah, and Kirk Cousins is worth $25 million. <laughs> You like that? <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, but, but Torino gets the result. Uh, definitely uh, uh, a, a challenge for, for a top-level team here. Other two surprise teams here in the middle, Fiorentina and Inter. Inter took care of business in this one, uh, 4-2. This was another Monday game, so we're, we're a little late on the highlights. But pretty impressive for Inter guys, no? Mm, I don't know about that. I mean... Yeah, a lot of goals, uh, but really the story is that Icardi saves Inter from another potentially embarrassing result because, quite frankly, what happened uh, earlier in the week against Beersheba, guys, oh, that was felt, pathetic. Yeah, yeah. And they were about they were up three one against uh, Fiorentina, or they were up three nothing against Fiorentina, and they almost. Lost it. They got is three two, and then at the very end of the game, uh, you know Fiorentina even being down a man. Very end of the game, uh, Icardi gets another goal, uh, and it's a little bit ironic to see that uh, Icardi is the one saving Inter right now. And the fans, by the way, I heard them chanting his I name. I heard it too. Yeah, I was looking for it after he scored. Um, fans just yeah, have this awesome short memory. picture that I'll put up on social media. Of he runs to the Inter fans after the second goal, and they're they're going crazy for him, like he's you know he's like the return return of the Mac. Yeah, that first goal was a goal of the week. 
candidate. Guys, go online right now. Check it out. He schooled these two. He schooled uh, Gonzalo, I think, was on the yeah. first one. And then he come, comes in. He's like, oh, left, left-footed left crawler. No. He just toys with the defense and, and really beautiful goal. And he now has 12 goals tied with Jacko for Capocanieri. Yeah. Other goals uh, from Brozovic and Kandreva. So everyone getting in on it. Uh, but Inter just continues to be the soap opera of Serie A. Uh, we we were, had mentioned uh, Diego Simeone's son uh, before in in the Genoa game. Uh, more more quotes from from a former coach of Diego Simeone, Gigi Simeone. A lot of vowels uh, in this. Uh, we just came here. out with an autobiography, by the way. There, okay, so also uh, vowels. It's put, a Serie A, man. Yeah, right. If it's not a vowel, it's an itch. Yeah, push pushing uh, his book, I guess too. But but he uh, was quoted saying. Uh, that Diego's dream is to come back and coach at Inter. And that, coupled with uh, um, Simeone at, at uh, Genoa saying that it's in their blood to score against uh, Juve, I, I just think all signs are pointing to the Simeones coming back to Serie A and, and trying to take it over. And that sounds the like o- a show. Yeah. The Simeones. The only thing that I think that could block that is Pioli is six points in two games. And if he's able to put it together... And push through, but I mean, even then, I think the inter management might look at it and be like, "Look, Diego Simeone is available. Yeah, and he's a top flight coach. You just yeah. got to go for him." It's you know, it's like when the Cubs hired Joe Madden. Um, you know, they they, they fired a, a stopgap coach who had a pretty decent season for him. You just got to go for the top guy in the world. Um, so, I mean, I'm convinced that Simeone is coming back. He, he this you know, this is how this kind of goes in the Syria or just in the soccer world in general. They start. You start to get these floaters out. Other people start talking about them moving, and you know they don't comment. They don't comment. But then people are close to him are like, "Yeah, this is going to happen." And then before you know it, boom. Yeah, the move I, is made. Right. I agree. There's there's no word of Diego saying any of this uh, out of Spain, but I think you're right, Tad. That just it's starting starting to creep in. How about Fiorentina? They were also in the news. Uh, Souza, their coach, basically Fiorentina has announced that he's going to. It gets sacked at the end of the season. My question to you guys is, why on earth would you say that about your coach right before the winter break? They haven't met, you know, their expectations. Souza has just kind of been a little bit controversial from the beginning. Maybe they're just trying to take a little pressure off their team. The old Mourinho trick, you know. So you you never know. Uh, there's a lot of negative press right now around Souza, but you know, Souza kind of gives it back by saying all coaches in Serie A are at risk and that's kind of true and uh you know at the same time uh, he's kind of relieving some pressure off Fiorentina because the real story is that Fiorentina is just not performing they have good players yeah, apparently the impetus behind this was uh Souza saying that he's frustrated with the team's lack of funds for transfers and basically dropping a bomb that Bernadeschi who is a uh, one of their top scorers belongs at a more ambitious club I just think I just think that tensions are running high here. Sousa's not helping himself by saying things like that. Fiorentina is disappointed with the season. They're going to go ahead and, and, and throw it out there. Um, I've heard uh, Ma, you know Massimo Odo or Sari might be coming to replace him since Sari's now in the hot seat. Um, yeah, I mean this this at this point they need to break up. Yeah, not not looking good for Fiorentina. It's not you, it's me. Yeah. yeah. Guys, one last thing about this Fiorentina Inter game that's of huge news. Uh, to Curve Americans, fans of the Serie A, American fans of the Serie A, um, and the podcast in general is, in the 75th minute of this game, 
Um, when Fiorentina was 10 men down, uh, Teo was subbed off for 18-year-old Josh Perez. And what's the great significant about, significance about that is, is that Josh Perez is an American, not from you know Chris's great state of New Jersey. Um, he's actually from Iowa. No, just joking. He's from California. Um, and he's actually the nephew of Hugo Perez, um, who capped the United States uh, men's national team 73 times. Um, Josh Perez, who's actually been playing with the Primavera and has been training with uh, Fiorentina since he was uh, 15 years old, and he scored four goals and two assists in seven matches for the Fiorentina youth. So they bring him up in a blowout game. They put him in. He gets a little experience. Um, But right now, out with Giuseppe Rossi, sorry, Chris, but in with another American on the Fiorentina side. Um, and that being Josh Perez, it looks like we might be getting back on the Fiorentina bandwagon somewhat because it looks like they now have an American player that is on their first team. So congratulations to Josh Perez um, you know, of Fiorentina. Curve America is going to be following you closely. Um, Forza, Forza La Viola, I guess. Also, bring back Giuseppe Rossi. That's what you need. New Jersey strong. Um, moving on with the rest of the middle of the pack here. We got another great game. Cagliari and Udinese. Cagliari takes this one 2-1. What did you guys think of uh, this fantastic game? Well, Cagliari take a much-needed three points to stay in the middle of the pack. And honestly, it was a really exciting, hotly contested, middle-of-the-pack Serie A matchup. It's a big result for Cagliari against a team you know, that probably has the same aspirations as them to just try and stay safe. Um Calories probably looking to build on this season um, towards next season. They start the game one point ahead of Udinese, and they get to three to move in the middle, be very safe. Um, Diego Farias scored his first goal of the season on a PK. I was surprised to see that he was a guy that took PKs for this team. Yeah, and he was all over the place. He could score a hat trick. He but he had a, pulled a couple Jekos, missed just goals just right in front of the uh, 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 right in front of the of the net, um, and then Marco Sao had a game of the week, goal of the week contender. Holy cow. DiGennaro had a through ball down the right-hand side. Isla goes flying down there, does a slide tackle to keep it in play, and just a nice little back heel flick to the the back post by Marco Sao, right past the diving Carnesis, and it ends a nine-game goal streak uh, for Marco Sao with the winner. Yeah. Um, Udinese's only highlight, Fofana, about 20 yards out. Pretty good goal for him. Fofana, Fofana, banana, mana, Fofana. This, this to me was the funniest thing of the whole game. Total comedic moment because Storari, like he's like he sprawls out on his stomach to get the ball, and like the ball gets past him, and when he sees it goes in, he goes up to his knees and raises his hands to the sky like the cover of Platoon, and then just collapses on the ground. You can see his chest heaving. It looks like he's crying. You know, just over-the-top dramatic, hashtag most Italian thing ever. And maybe another Bill Murray uh, reference here. Did he scream out rat fart or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Calgary can beat teams on their level. They just happen to lose badly to teams uh, above them in the Serie A. I think they're happy where they're at. Udinese could have had a better result. Unfortunately, they didn't. Yeah, it's a big no-no for, for Udinese uh, because, you know, maybe not right now, but they, they'll uh, look back on a game like this as a missed opportunity. Yeah. So that gets us through uh, the middle of the pack. Let's go down to, what are you guys calling it, the danger zone? Did that the danger, danger zone. zone. <laughs> right. Let me get one. Let me get one. The danger zone. <laughs> yeah. Also known as the relegation Hold zone. Hold on, Chris. I want one. 
the danger zone. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. All right, down in uh, down in the danger zone, relegation zone, what have you. Uh, we've got we already talked about two teams: Palermo, OTFR took care of them, one nothing, and Roma making it a nail biter against Pescara. Those two teams. So that just leaves us with Crotone and Sampdoria. Crotone stealing a point here, one one. Uh, usual suspects for Crotone. You got uh, Falcinelli getting this uh, uh, goal. Um, Set piece about 45 yards out, and uh, he gets it in with a volley. It's a, another worthwhile goal to check out. Probably the the, the most notable thing out of this was Crotone uh, coach Davide Nicola punching the wall after the game in frustration with the result, which and breaking his hand and breaking his oh hand in the process God. exactly. But if you watch the highlights here, I don't understand it because. Crotone got outplayed here by Sampdoria, particularly in the second half. I mean, that's probably why. Yeah, I. But no, he's upset with the result. You, yeah. you got a point here, man. You you were lucky. You got a single he's, point. He's a winner, man. Uh, yes. That, Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for Crotone. Well, I mean, Chris, you got to get the big news on Crotone with this point. What breaking the hand? No, that they are no longer in oh, last right. place in the series. Yeah, ah, Palermo. So. They the Palermo drops to the absolute basement, uh, and Crotone, I guess, on technicality, moves up. But but yeah, um, I will say this for Crotone. I said last week they look like they're getting frustrated, and hey, look, the week after that, they they steal a point. That's something cool for them. Maybe it's time to start dreaming that. That they're going to squeak by here and maybe get out of the relegation zone. You know you're in trouble when Chris says, you know, maybe that's something cool for them when they get a point. <laughs> and I think the I think the uh, a great example of frustration is pu- breaking your hand, punching something after the result of the game. Yeah, come on, Crotone, Forza Croutons, Forza Croutons, Forza Patagarici. Uh For Sampdoria, uh, Sampdoria. Uh, the usual suspects again for them. They had good games. Muriel, Qualiorella, um, Qualiorella uh, had a deflection uh, and, and gets the cross in. And uh, Fernandez basically gets the toe poke, but but Qualiorella really kind of got got that movement started for the one for the one goal. Quags. Um, Hashtag Quags. And then Mur- Muriel at the end also. Uh, the, both he and uh, Qualiorella had great chances to steal this one away for Sampdoria. Wasn't he in Sevilla? It didn't Practicing? <laughs> the, the rumors continue. So that'll do it for uh, for the basement. And that'll do it for week 14. So we're going to take a look. Uh, we got the month of December, some pretty interesting games. Uh, the teams we're going to look at are Juve, Roma, Milan, OTFR, Atalanta. That's your top five. And then Torino and Napoli also finding their way in there. Guys, for, for you, of those teams, who has the most difficult uh, or the easiest remaining schedule uh, before we hit the winter break here? You know, I think that Roma has got to be, you know, they, they have the toughest run coming up. And, uh, you know, it doesn't sit pretty for us because, you know, Roma right now is up and down. They have the Derby, then they're at home against Milan. And then they're at Juve. I mean, these are three games back to back to back. Uh, you know, this could very well decide early on where they're going to, you know, kind of be hovering, especially towards the middle of the season. Well, that's obvious because we're right there. But, you know, you lose ground. That's a nine-point swing potentially. Like, you lose that ground uh, to Juve, who's already three points ahead. Uh, and I think that, you know, Juve starts pulling away like they usually do. Yeah, they have to come with it every single game. 
as max points as much as possible. For me, I think the the easiest schedules so far are would be Atalanta and Torino. Um, Atalanta because they have two big games. They have a way at Juve and they have a way at Milan. But then they have home against Udinese and home against Empoli. So they can focus on the Udinese and Empoli game to take all six points. If they get points out of Juve and Milan, which, guys, they've been the giant killers so far this year. Um, Milan has been playing well, but they have shines of inconsistency. And Juve just got it taken to them. We've seen them always bounce back from victories. So it's not entirely important that Atalanta gets games gets points against Juve, but if they take six against the bottom half and they scrape a point away from Milan, they could be sitting pretty going into the uh, uh, going into the second half of the season. Now, I don't know if it's perfect with Atalanta uh, being the easiest, but I think we're going to know if they're for real. They have those two games, Milan and Juve, absolutely going to determine how serious is Atalanta this season. If they're going to tinker and, and not you know really take it. That's not going to do it. Um, so I want to see if Atalanta is for real. I also think Torino is not as easy as we're saying because they've got Genoa in there. If Napoli's going to make a run, that's that's a tough game. And they're in Napoli. And in Napoli, right. And they have the Derby, which if, if you're Joe Hart, how are you going to leave this team with, with that kind of atmosphere? Uh, those are those are two teams I'm looking forward to. So uh, we, we've kind of let, let's take uh, predictions, guys, of these games we're looking forward to. Let's let's hold ourselves accountable here. What are, what are some of your predictions here? Well, for, I think it, we're going to shape out who's going to be the top five spots headed into um, headed into uh, the second half of the season. I wouldn't be surprised to see a first place tie. Um, between Juve and Roma. Um, that is, if Roma... They seem to come correct in the games that count so far this year. Um, and I think that if they smell a little blood in the water, especially if they win the Derby um, and there's a result from Atalanta against Juve, that could really fire them up. Um, but I also see... I think that uh, Voldemort here and Atalanta are going to jump Milan. I think Milan's going to come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I think Montella... Uh, as his first year coach with with Milan, he could you know that he could face uh, uh, some injuries coming up. Um, I think they're going to really miss uh, Bonaventura. I see Juve Roma tied, and then I see OTFR and Atalanta jumping Milan. Hot take: Atalanta top four. We're going in the second half of the season. I'm going to jump off that and say Atalanta is going to get crushed against Juve coming off the loss here. And I think Atalanta is going to try and tinker too much, and uh, they're just going to get crushed this weekend. The Milan game is interesting for me. Atalanta, I think they could sneak that one away and, and take uh, three games out of four here for them and be in the top three, which would be pretty exciting for them. Uh, and then I'm just going to close it with uh, Roma, man. I think Roma's going to do something like draw with the Derby uh, and then steal something home from Juve. Just just take a result from, from, from Juventus. That's what I'm hoping for. I think also we've seen so many non-draws amongst these teams uh, uh, so far this season. So I think that even if Torino and Napoli win two of these three games, they're not going to be able to move up. Yeah. Just one prediction for me. Roma, Roma, Roma. Jekyll. Jekyll. 2016. Yeah. Yeah. The worst thing I could think of was was uh, if, if we take the Derby and we beat Juve, but Milan right in the middle there, just... Just beat us. That would that and would be draw Kievo. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. I didn't even consider that. Um, all right, guys. So, like we said, this is kind of a playoff run with these with these top teams. Looking forward to it. 
if you're a Serie A fan, you got to look at these games and just be excited because th- this really has been a buildup for the first half. Hopefully, uh, we, we uh, see some great games here. As for the awards of uh, Week 14, let's jump to that. Goals, guys, what were your top goals for uh, Week 14? Well, I think the indisputable goal of the week has to go to De Frel, uh today uh, This against um, Napoli. Took one over the top. It was kind of like Van Persie a couple years back when he was yeah. on Man U. But it was, you know, at full stride. Very, very impressive goal. Defrel, we'll see you at Roma. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to jump outside the Serie A and go to the Europa League. Uh, Perotti's goal against um, uh, Victoria Pilsen. The Rabona. I mean, yeah, he did get a little lucky. But, I mean, come on. It went Chip in. Chip shot. It went in. It went oh, in. my God. I couldn't even believe it was real. Yep. I'm uh, going to say Sal, the, the Capitano here with the, with the back heel to win the game. That was pretty impressive for me this week. Uh, all right, guys. And then uh, player of the week. Who kind of uh, took over week 14 for their teams uh, for you guys? Really had to be Icardi this week. Uh, well, it, it, was a, it, was a tough, it was a tough one for me. It was between Icardi and Falke. Uh, but Icardi, just because of all the hot pressure on him right now, uh, and he scores really a beautiful goal. The first one was amazing. Yeah, he left that guy for dead. And also a statistic that I didn't know until this week is that he scored half of their goals, 12 of the 24 goals. So I've been saying all along, Icardi's staying. He goes, Inter goes as he goes. They really need to rely on him. But my player of the week, I got to stick with Ed and Dzeko. Dzeko uh, has just been on fire. Um, he has 17 goals in 20 games across all competitions. This week he nets a brace. Um he just continues to be super impressive. Jack of 2016. <laughs> I just wish he had a little more base. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's got to be Simeone, man. Stealing it, for frankly, for the league. Uh, Genoa takes it to Juventus, and he gets the brace for him, uh, doing the league a favor. So, so well done to Simeone. It's in his blood. It's in his blood to beat Juve. All right, guys. I am... This is the most excited I've been for, for all of Serie A this week, looking ahead to week 15. We got three huge games that we're going to point out. One we have to say, we've already mentioned it, Derby della Capitale, Sunday morning on the East Coast at 9 a.m. Where are you guys going to be? Bells on. Ireland's four courts. That's right. That's right. Guinness in hand. Guinness in hand. Super excited for the Derby della Capitale. Another one, Atalanta and Juventus. We've already talked about that. We'll see if Atalanta's for real. How many, then, big, how many giants does Atalanta have to beat before we can say they're for real? <laughs> yeah, right. Good point. Uh, Juventus is the big one. Uh, and then Napoli Inter is another great one that we're looking forward to. It's middle of the pack, although that's weird to say, but uh, should be a good one. See who wants it more. So, looking forward to week 15. Until it's here, ragazzi, what do we say? Check us out on social media and arrivederci. Ciao. Ciao. Peace. <laughs>